You pressed play on this podcast with the click of curiosity. It is another dimension, a dimension of mind, a dimension where nothing is sacred and everything is explainable. You're streaming into a land of both inside and outside of things and ideas. You've just crossed over into the midside. Welcome to the midside, where the only time we punch people is when we're supposed to shake their hands. I'm your host, Justin M. Lesneski, the hopeful bromantic, and I retroactively and proactively denounce anything anyone has ever said and ever will say on this show. I'm a little more rested this week, emphasize on little because states <laughs> are still coming up later in the week, so it's it's still been really, really tough to get some rest, but it's a little bit better. My schedule loosened up a little bit, so we're able to record a normal full episode here. So my co-host is here, so let me bring him in. Joining me this trip from Dale's lawn, identifying as a woman to forgo his white male gay privilege, William Green. Hello, hello. Yeah, what a uh, weird week it's been. Uh, it was my birthday on Thursday. I know many of you know I celebrate my birth month, but uh, for the day we went out to a fancy uh, steak place uh, here in El Segundo and had a good time. Ate some uh, delicious steak and... Uh, had a uh, flourless chocolate cake, which is uh, a rare treat for me. I'm not a big dessert person, but uh, it was delicious and uh, enjoyed a nice Manhattan and uh, had a glass of wine and uh, just generally uh, uh, had a great time with some great friends. So that was a lot of fun. And then, uh, you know, that whole, you know, Russia invading thing on my birthday, which I didn't know Putin was going to give me Ukraine for my birthday, but uh, I'm not sure what to do with it. <laughs> I just want Robert Kraft's Super Bowl ring back from Putin. So, <laughs> uh, but uh, it, you know things are are loosening up here. Uh, they announced on Monday that uh, LA might uh, uh, loosen some of the mask mandates. So it's uh, it's uh, it's kind of like uh, I think by this time next year they may allow us to do some things um, at this rate. So. Well, we actually don't have any COVID stories on the on the on the show this week. week. Isn't this weird? On I the know. show this week, yeah. Russia, we'll Russia's put it out. <laughs> yeah, it's how it's dwindling down, right? All it took to end uh, COVID was a war. So, so just as just a as war in Europe, no less. Yeah, yeah, a war in Europe, no less. Uh, but I mean, Disney has even gone backwards with their mass policy. If you remember, over the summer, William, when you came and visited, it was, if you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask, but they don't check if you're vaccinated or not. Mm -hmm. They've gone back to that. So something has definitely changed in the political climate in the U.S. that Disney would go that way and feel legally safe. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe they're just realizing they're going to take such a big hit on their uh, Star Wars hotel disaster that that they're like, well, we better better loosen up as much as we can. Why are you calling that a disaster? Uh, cuz I've seen the reviews. The first uh oh. the media embargo ended. And uh it's not oh, good. Okay. It's I haven't looked good. at those reviews yet, but yeah. we'll have to have uh Daniel when he goes eventually we'll have to have him review it. So I don't know, 6 grand for a um party of 4 we'll have to do a, a GoFundMe so that uh <laughs> he can he can go down there. Uh yeah, the prices are excessive, but there are greater problems in the world. So do we want to just skip forward here and just start talking about Russia? Oh, man. Let's All right, do it. Let's do it in Life on the Midside. As always, if you'd like to support the show and maybe help us get to the Star Wars Hotel faster, yeah. was it the Galactic Cruiser? Is that what it's called? Something like that. Yeah, something like that. If you want to help us get on the Galactic Cruiser quicker, you can do so through Patreon or Locals. Patreon is per episode. Locals is per month. That's the midside.com slash Patreon or the midside.com slash Locals. We accept any and all support, including design your own lightsabers. All right, William, you already brought it up. 
So I'll tell my little story. I am so disconnected recently <laughs> that I didn't know what was happening until I was getting to class. And at the beginning of every class, students were talking about it and they were acting like World War Three was going to happen and they were worried about being drafted. And I was like, you guys are jumping like 80 steps here, right? Because my initial reaction was just like, Russia invaded Eastern Europe, like... I mean, I think we've all I, some of us have lived through this before. Well, that's what I'm saying. Right. And then people started asking me about it, William. People were like, what do you think of Russia invading Ukraine? And I'm just like, that's what Russia does. And, you know, there are all sorts of articles out there and everything. And I know you posted a bunch of stuff in the discord about, you know, why is Russia doing this? Right. And I don't mean to downplay anything, right? This is obviously a tragedy, and anytime there's war in the world and a country gets invaded, it's it's horrific. But to me, the conversation going on about this, and I'm interested to hear what you think, William, because remember, I'm Polish, too, and I've been to Poland, right? The conversation going on about this is, yeah. is showing a complete ignorance of history. Yeah. A, a, a complete ignorance of sociology. I mean, what is the Russian culture? We love to talk about on this show, and, you know, there's a story coming up we're going to talk about, a farcical thing that happened in Texas, um, at a Texas Starbucks we're going to talk about, that had interpersonal hostility, and we always talk about that. Well, isn't Russia a country that very strongly operates and their culture is built upon interpersonal hostility? This is something we're developing now in America, right? It's, it's a newer thing. But isn't that what the Russian culture is? Isn't it they think they need to invade or they're going to be invaded? Isn't that many of the things Putin has said about this situation? The idea of if we don't do this, NATO is going to move forward and then they're going to threaten us. Yeah. As if countries like why would NATO get Ukraine into NATO and then decide, oh, now we're going to attack Russia. You think we couldn't get let's just say. NATO's a front for the Americans, right? So I'm just going to say we here, right? I'm not saying it is. I'm going to say that it is. Or just let's forget NATO. You think if the U.S. wanted to invade Russia, they couldn't ask Ukraine for help? You don't think the Ukrainians would be like, oh, yeah, okay, that's cool? Well, I mean, I mean I just, in, in from Russia's perspective, returning uh, Crimea to Ukraine would be invading Russia. I mean, you have to you have to think in this, in their, in their twisted, you know, their... Uh, alternative reality that is you know yeah thinking in, in terms of russia as the ussr it's, it's the same thing as when you think about china their perspective of sort of one china and and world like they're the leader of the world right and what's that what's that country it's i forget what it's called that's part that's not really part tibet it's it's tibet, like crimea yeah. is like tibet right yeah yeah well, and I, I think uh, I so some of the stuff I posted on. I know a lot of people have been just doom scrolling this. I I haven't. I did some show prep today. That's why uh, everyone who is uh, in the Discord today join our Discord now. Link in the show description on the website. Uh, I've been I I did some uh, checking some of the usual suspects I look at for information and uh, real life. Laura did a great YouTube video, sort of looking at the different perspectives of like you know trying to find rational reasons for doing this because uh that's the thing that i think um someone's these actions are you can say that these actions are evil and irrational but there's still motivation for them for the most part and so sometimes it helps folks get perspective by seeing some of that stuff and uh it's like a 30 minute well, video right, so William, and, and you can continue i just want to say that's why i'm making the cultural point but continue. yeah yeah and i think a lot of people are um. Uh, uh, the reason I posted, I also posted a Glenn Greenwald article. Is even though uh, uh, I think uh, Mr. Greenwald's a little too pro-Russia for my taste, um, he points out a lot about we're seeing sort of the mob mentality and the social media mob mentality playing out. And I think you would find that more interesting, um, uh, Justin, as far as a cultural standpoint. Is you do see that you know this is kind of Russia's propaganda isn't working. On social media um, this time around um, you know there's a lot of sort of unification about doing really stupid things uh, about the Ukraine invasion um, you know like instituting a no-fly zone that's not going to go too well 
um, that could lead to some serious escalation. But there, there, but we don't see a lot of uh, diversity in um, in opinions around it. It's very much become tribalistic, us or them. If you talk about, um, if you disagree with sort of the mainstream narrative, then obviously you're pro-Russia. Um, and I think uh, there's one thing that we could say about this show is that we're certainly not pro-Russia. Um, so maybe maybe we can be the safe space uh, for discussing these crazy topics uh, in our Discord. But it's if you're not been paying attention, like I wasn't really paying attention this week because you know I had more important things to do, like eating steak. Um, well, wait a minute. I'm going to interrupt you right there. I love your phrasing. More important things to do. Look, as I said, this is a horrible thing that's happening. Right? It's, oh it's yeah, terrible. absolutely. I, I have a, I have a person on my life? team that's half Ukrainian and half Russian, right? Imagine right. like the difficulties he's having with his family right. and stuff now. But that's the important thing to remember is people in our families came here. They came to the U.S. to give us a better life, to get away yeah. from this sort of culture and these sort of dangers and threats, right? There was one story or something that I read, one statistic that Ukraine for the past couple of years has been drafting everyone 16 to 60 to help because this has you know, been an ongoing conflict. It hasn't been a war, but it's been a conflict, right? So we are fortunate enough that our ancestors moved here to get away from this stuff. And I'm not saying turn a blind eye to it. And I'm not saying, you know, don't care and have no investment in it. I mean, like I said, I'm Polish. I've been to Poland. Like, I get it. And what's the country that's right next to Ukraine if Russia takes it over? Do I really believe they're going to stop at the Ukraine and not go to Poland? If I'm Poland, I'm I'm putting a lot of troops on that southern border right now, right? I'm, yeah, I'm fortifying that border. There. Yeah. Right. And, I mean, if you look at... was. Was it a story you shared or was it the one I shared that said, like, there are 5,000 NATO troops in Poland Yep, as yep. as we speak? So it's it could spread beyond that. But my point is, as far as me, what is the purpose, William, of me investing in this so heavily when you're talking about the tribalism and people are pro-Russia and having opinions about it? Right. Nothing is happening right now that I need to be so concerned about beyond where does this fit in my understanding of history and the world? And, you know, like I said, Russia, what does Russia do? What are the politics between Russia and the U.S.? Right. Knowing the concerns. Right. We're, we're back in the, the argument of the 80s with the Cold yeah. War. Yeah. Right. Do we invade? And then they they launch their nuclear arsenal. We launch our nuclear. So we're back to mutually assured destruction. But then all of this, of course, goes back to Vietnam and dropping the bombs in World War II. This all goes back to that. So you have to have developed a set of principles to be able to put these global events and these events that are, I don't want to say above your pay grade, because that assumes like you could have some sort of control, but they're beyond your control. Yeah. How you should worry about them or not. You have to accept at a certain point you don't have control. I don't have control. What will be will be. I can sit here and say all day, I don't think we should go fight Ukraine's war. Right. And that's probably my default position right now. Although I think at a certain point, as we saw with the Nazis, we would have to get involved. Right. Right. I don't think it's reached that point yet. But it, well, this is, it this is the, this is the third, call, third or fourth country that Russia's sort of retaken over. Right. I mean, you got to kind of count Belarus. Um, you know, Georgia, he basically smashed Georgia and made sure it'll stay a third world country. Um, but, William, you're saying these, right? Nobody knows what Belarus is. Yeah. Everybody thinks true. Georgia's a state and they're acting like they care about this stuff. Yeah. And what's the third? Uh, uh, was it uh, Uzbekistan? Where's the other one that he, he invaded? Uh, yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know. It, it's just, this is just what Russia does, right? And now he's basically doing the, giving Ukraine the Georgia treatment. But just to, like, go back to it, like, if you need a lens to understand this, I mean, the really quick TLDR is uh, Ukraine, Ukraine discovered natural gas. Uh, that with the water rights and the access to the sea. Uh, Russia took over Chimera, or Crimea. Um, and... That scared away Western investment in the natural gas fields, which assures that the new pipeline that they're building in Germany will be profitable, and so they can stop sending 
natural gas through Ukraine, which is basically how Ukraine got some money from Russia. But, you know, 30% of Russia's GDP is is energy. And, uh, yeah. So, I mean, if you want to talk about wars for oil, this is definitely it. I mean, who knows what Putin's going to actually end up doing. But if he does end up taking over all of Ukraine, like, that's just a business move, right, to him. Remember, they, they don't, you know. They've got this communist socialist mindset, right? right. Uh, military action is perfectly valid for business move. This is just a business move. Um, right. you, and, you don't make deals with people for what they own. It's might makes right. And you yeah. use force to take what you want. And the suckers in Germany will continue to pay Russia. I mean, Russia's, I, I don't know what percent, I know 30% of the, of Russian taxes, tax dollars come from the energy industry. I don't know what percent of that is Germany, but I know Germany's their number one um, customer for oil and gas. So. Uh, yeah. Any German listeners, I think you guys need to take leadership on this one. This is a, this is an oil state, right? This is this is the way to think of it. This is another Saudi Arabia or or Iraq or, um, you know, any others Middle Eastern nations. The only thing that Russia has going for its economy is that. And then Russia has this huge like zooming out even further. Russia has this huge demographic issue, like. More people are dying than are being born. Their fertility rate's really low. They have a population smaller than Spain. Like, and not like Spain's got a booming population either. It's, it, you know, the, it's, Russia is dying. And the only thing propping them up right now is the, uh, they're, you know, they've got this one resource, natural gas and oil. And boy, do they just sell it as much as they can to the Europeans to get that money. Yeah, I mean, and that's all the socio-political, economic concerns about this, the more specifics about it. But again, it still gets to the point of, right, what does that have to do with us? Because I I, I concede, William, I concede that there is a point we would have to get involved. Do you concede that? Yeah, there's definitely, I don't know, I I don't know where, and I'm not sure I know enough to be able to draw those conclusions. Right. Um, and that was my next point. Yeah. I I think I think there's I'd be interested to see people who were study more uh more objective foreign policy figuring that out because there's a there's things that we could be doing now that I think are no-brainers and then there are other things that um uh, you know that I don't know what would be the right choice like you know Sending troops, obviously, to Poland and other NATO countries, that makes sense. You know, you want to sort of show that that there is a line, even if we're not exactly sure where it's going to be yet, that, hey, that we're ready to respond to this. Um, And I think cutting off Russia's, uh, you know, Russia is super vulnerable. If they can't sell their energy, they that government falls. So I don't being they're walking a knife's edge by being aggressive in Europe when Europe is their number one customer. Like, I'm not sure how they think this is going to work out. Maybe they think they can hold out until things cool and then they can go back to selling oil to, to, to Europe again. Or maybe they think they can sell it to China, but I mean, there's no pipe. There's no, there's not a pipeline capacity across the Siberia to get to China. So I don't know what, I don't know what they think they're going to do in long term. Right. I mean, that's, that's the perspective they have again, William. You know, they're the people who are always douchebags, and then people are like, oh, okay, well, they, they calm down again, so they're okay for a while. And also, it's the mentality of we have, right, we have the what people want, so we can act how we want. Yeah. What would you say, though, to the argument, again, this is very specific, but, you know, Ukraine, after the breakup of the USSR, gave up the nukes with the assurances that, exactly this would not happen that europe would defend them if and america as well if they gave up their nukes so the argument is then I mean, it's all, happening we're more yeah. obligated yeah it's happening what what they feared is currently happening i mean it's been happening since 2009 it's not it's been a slow car crash right yeah i mean first of all if I were ever in charge of a country, I'd never give up my nukes. So that's the first thing. <laughs> Do we give them I mean, back now? Is it like, a, like, oh, well, we voted this contract. Here's your nukes back. Well, and that's that's kind of the problem, right? If there is a contract, you know, we're sort of morally obligated to fulfill it. But that goes back to your thing about, like, Germany, right? Where are the other Europeans Yeah, helping yeah. with this, you know? 
What's the point of the European Union if it's not for a situation? Is Ukraine's in the European Union, correct? No, no. They, they, um, they if so, here's, here's that, like, uh, again, little detailed history questions. Um, so back when they found that natural gas and the shale, uh, revolution happened, that's when Russia invaded, uh, Crimea and started those uprisings in the east of Ukraine so that they would not be able to build that infrastructure and then start, you know, joining the European Union or NATO. That, that was the move to stop that, right? Basically, they, they could have they could have been been another sort of Turkey level sort of uh, country in in the EU, but that's that that's where Russia put a stop to that. Yeah, it's all fascinating, and to me, it's just that's the history of Eastern Europe, and even if they take over Ukraine and occupy it, that won't last forever, and then there'll be an uprising, and then Ukraine will be free for a while. And then they'll invade. And then the question has to become, how do, how do these cycles get broken in the long term? How well, I can tell you that. It's, it, it goes back to the demographics. No one is being born right. in Russia. So so we just hope Russia dies out in the long run? I mean, they, they already are. It's a dying culture in the sense of they, they have not moved from a low-trust tribal cust, uh, culture. And... Yeah. And... It's it cannot last the way it is, right? It's a it's an unstable situation internally, which is why we see all this unstable action externally. It's yeah. Well, well they say hurt people hurt people, right? Well, isn't it the same thing? Hurt yeah. countries hurt other countries. Well, if it's you're if you have right? any, if you're a person of ability, why would you stay in Russia, right? You can you can literally move 500 miles west and go someplace where you where you can be in a, a eu member state and and actually have a chance at you know living a great life and still order a russian woman to marry you <laughs> or gentleman yeah whatever you prefer that's fine whatever I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens from here on out. It's also hard, William, because you talked about the social media aspects of it, the way things like this get magnified, right? I mean, the way seeing the kids in my school freaking out about this when if this happened 20 years ago, nobody would have been freaking out in the same way. No, it would have been on the nightly news and people would have been interested. But I I think it's been, again, I don't want to sound like super jaded, but it's like, it's unfortunate, you know, wars are on the decline. That's a good thing, right? Yeah. But it's unfortunate that people have lost uh, perspective. Like, we're not, as much as I want to, uh, as much as I will v- vehemently defend any of the our NATO allies, right? If uh, Russia does anything to them, um, on principle, right? Uh, it's... We are not the world police, right? And there are things we can do, but, uh, you know, dropping nukes on Moscow is not one of them. I know uh, Robert, uh, you know, uh, Dr. Zubrin on uh, Twitter has been going a little crazy with that. But um, but I, I think the best thing to do, at least in my mind, is more of like let Russia fail based on its own weaknesses and you know its weaknesses right now is it's wholly dependent on oil it's um its demographics are failing um let this you know let let the uh let them fizzle out right because it's sort of like asking like well how did spain stop being a superpower it wasn't they didn't get invaded right People fought well, with them. almost every yeah, almost every superpower going back to the Roman Empire has fallen from within, has it not? Yeah, it disintegrates, yes. right? Yeah, and you know, maybe we can end on this note here before we move on to some other topics. You talked about the world police thing, and that's really what's at stake here for me, right? Does the U.S. come in every time there's a problem? What's the line? And it you know it makes me think of the movie Team America: World Police, yeah. which. That shows how brilliant of a movie that was and how brilliant Trey Parker and Matt Stone are for commentary that still lasts today, right? And when we're talking about culture, you know, it really goes to the big monologue from that from that movie. 
You know, it's all about bad intelligence, dicks, pussies, and assholes. Oh, that one. Right? Okay. Right, and the idea that you know Putin's an asshole, and do we go with the pussy approach and let ourselves get shit on, or do we fuck the asshole like a dick? And where's the line? Right. Obviously, yeah. if we go to war, that sucks and it makes us look bad and it's it's an awful thing to do. Right. Nobody wants to get in a fight. But where is the line that the dude, the evil dude who can't be reasoned with is being too evil and has to be punched in the face? I don't know if we've reached that line yet. I don't know if we will reach that line, but there certainly is a line. And that's, you know, not my area of expertise to answer that question. Yep. And that is perhaps the most mid-side response and analysis we could give for this story. Stop trying to have fucking opinions about everything. It's okay to just live your life. And when we're talking about living our life, William, part of it is people distract themselves with this stuff and they, they don't realize how precious their life is. Or another, word, another way to look at it is they take their life for granted. And I say this because of a story that that broke in like December. That's just crazy to me. I don't know if you've been following this or you saw this Forbes article before I sent it to you, but this fall I went and saw uh, newfound glory play at uh, the house of blues in Disney Springs. And they had the extra, the extra show where they played one of their albums all the way through, you know, a bunch of different songs. So I did two nights in a row. And then like a month later, two months later, Chad Gilbert, the guitarist who I admire greatly, right? He's straight edge. He He's into sports. He does pop punk. So there's a lot of similarities between him and I. So he's one of my heroes in life. Is posting that he nearly died because he had a tumor that he had no idea he had. And it was so large that they had to re- do surgery where they basically brought his rib cage up, took out the tumor as well as part of his liver. And now he's finally recovering and he's going to be touring again in the summer. I'm going to see him in early June. I'm going to see newfound glory. They're doing a 20 year tour for their sticks and stones album. And it's just so crazy to me that this could happen. I mean, he's only 40 years old, right? And it's just sort of like a, a reality check. And I don't know why more people aren't paying attention to things like this because imagine like I was so disconnected that I only saw him at the last show and the next show. Wouldn't even know the struggle he was going through the health struggles. And this is clearly a mental struggle as well between those two things. And I think these are the things we forget when we try to make everything global, that people are living lives and there are real struggles, and it's important to take advantage of your life while you have it, William. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the <clears throat> the thing about this story is, uh, and I always tell this to people when dealing with doctors, doctors, experts are great, but you need to know how to judge experts. And, uh, you know, like in, in part of his story, of course, the first doctor just looked at him and said, oh, you need to lose weight and not eat salt. And it's like, no, no, he has cancer. <laughs> like, so like you know persist if you have symptoms and you know what you're doing uh you know you understand what your body better than your doctor does it's okay to yes get some second opinions and you know ask for like well have you looked at this right tell me why it couldn't be this right well right and if you look at the story as well it talks about how he had doctors in nashville and doctors in california we're in a time where you can prioritize your health and go get second, third opinions from other places. You don't have to just get it from wherever you're from, where that's where it used to be. Yeah. So I just wanted to highlight that because to me, that's, you know, that was pretty impactful for me. That was pretty impactful for me personally. So I wanted to highlight that story. Yeah. Now uh, on to some farce. Best wishes. Yeah. I mean, just the craziness of it. So on to some farce. Something I saw this week was uh, a headline, right? And so I delved into the story here. The headline is Texas Starbucks barista helps protect teen by leaving note on cup. William, I think this entire story is a load of bullshit. 
And what I mean by that is this is the, the key part of the story to me. So these employees are watching this young girl who the article says is 18 years old. Right. I don't know how they would ever know that. Maybe she looked younger. I don't know. But they see an older man start talking to her and he's being loud. So they're like, we have to do something. So this is what the story says. A female barista came over and handed the high school senior a paper cu- paper coffee cup, telling her it was, quote, an extra hot chocolate somebody forgot to pick up. On the cup, the employee had written a message that said, are you OK? Do you want us to intervene? If you do, take the lid off the cup. Now, to cut to the chase here, she didn't need help at all. She said she was completely fine. This is insane to me, William. And yeah. I need you to check me against reality. Is this is it, were they living some sort of like uh, human trafficking like dream, right? Like a uh, like fantasy that they're gonna they're gonna solve human trafficking, like all the signs in the LAX airport. Well, that's exactly the point I'm making. Like the assumption that every interaction people have is negative. This is interpersonal hostility on display. The idea that we're going to fight the patriarchy. We're going to protect women (laughs) at all times. Look, you know, the number of times I've been in a random location and some random old dude started talking to me or started being loud and he just talking to me either crazy or not crazy. That's just what people do sometimes. That doesn't mean everything's a threat. Part of growing up is learning how to deal with those situations. How is this a story? That's the other thing. The fact that the media even decided to cover this. It's more I outrage mean, culture. I, I, it's more I could write the clicks. same article about the last um, otherly housed person I've had to kick out of the store. Right. I could make I could make the same I could I could write this exact same story right and be, make it sound like you know like my my tiny little manager is a, is a hero uh fighting the patriarchy by uh, kicking out the uh, uh mentally different uh, men, uh, what are we supposed to say i can't remember what we're supposed to know. say uh the otherly housed person does your oh unsheltered is the term unsheltered uh, person yeah unsheltered it's not about not about having a home it's uh, mentally divergent shelter. mentally divergent are we allowed to say that one still or is that one probably uh, okay. i don't know because neurodivergent neurodivergent kind of been yeah it's been kind of bagged on yeah whatever i'm supposed to words i can i could if i would need you to edit it to make sure i, I used all the right pc words but like we could write the same story yes except i, I mean it happens quite a hero yeah i'm sure that does but is your manager a hero the the way i have to judge Fighting your manager being a hero or not is if he acted like a secret spy. It's a she. How dare you? She. Sorry. If if she acted like a secret spy, does she write on people's subs? Are you okay? <laughs> Do you want us to intervene? Take three bites and blink twice if you if you need help. <laughs> Take the tomatoes off your sandwich if you need help. Throw your tomatoes on the floor and walk backwards fifty feet if you need help. We need a secret handshake. Okay. Well, cool. I mean, great story. I mean, that's the other thing about this story, right? This was presumably in the Starbucks, right? It sounds it sounds made up, though. Right? It sounds like one of those bad PSAs for the human trafficking, you know, right. stuff that they do in L.A. all the time. Right. It, because Only it you can stop up, human William. trafficking. This is the reason it, sa- it sounds made up. It, it sounds made up because what's he going to do? Like, if he starts pulling her out of the store, you're too slow to get from behind the counter to stop him? Like, do you get what I'm saying? I mean, There's... we all know human traffickers, they can't help but stop at Starbucks with their slaves that they're going to trade. <laughs> they're, they're trading That's the slaves in front them. of the Starbucks for convenience. If you uh, if you go to, a, like, a warehouse with a bunch of uh, human traffic or hu- uh, slaves in them that human traffickers picked up, they all they all just got picked up at Starbucks. Yeah, yeah. It's just I, now it's virtue signaling I, by making up stories. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I, it's it just feels weird. It's a weird story. I'm glad you found it. Yeah, I I feel I feel like what really happened is somebody who had her own issues or his own issues projected them onto the situation, and it was just a normal interaction inside of Starbucks. 
by herself at a Corpus Christi lo- Corpus Christi location. So that's by Texas A and M as well. So yeah. this just seems like. I mean, honestly, you want me to really go into it? This seems like somebody who ha- takes gender study classes and is involved with the. Well, yeah, everything is a power dynamic. Woke. Yeah, right. Now you got it. So it that's is a power dynamic. You know, back in the day, we would have considered this peak farce, but we've got so past the farce horizon that this is just normal farce now. Yeah, we've discovered new uh, farce uh, in Ukraine, and we're just uh, we're, we're we're exporting it before uh, Russia takes over. Well, I mean, there's a lot of uh, farce in Canada, too. Ooh, the, uh, the protests have left us with another story, right? Another story that I w- this was sent by a, a friend of mine in Canada sent this to me, that now that the protests are over, remember all those truckers honking all the time? How dare they? People are experiencing PTSD in downtown Ottawa because they're hearing phantom honking. And phantom it's, it's, Honking. Are they sure they're not just hearing Canadian geese? I mean, I know it's a little early, but they could be coming back. Oh, that's down a good south. pre-write. That's a good pre-write. That's a good one. All right. I appreciate that. But how insane is this? That literally you live in a city, and it says downtown, right? So we're presuming downtown <laughs> in a city, and honking bothers you this much. All right. I know you've been to New York City, Justin. How much uh-huh. honking do you hear in New York City? I don't know. Am I crazy? Was it phantom Did, honking? All I heard was should it phantom have, honking. Should I? Does have, that uh, mean that they could never myself? they could never visit New York or even Chicago? Right, parts of Chicago, LA can get a little honky around events. I don't phantom know. honking. LA is very white. I don't know why you'd call it honky. Oh, I that's mean, true. It's not How very white. I? It's more Hispanic. Yeah, well, I can't help uh, myself. I am still privileged in some way. <laughs> it's just like th- they say they hear honks or they I hear phantom honking and they're afraid the convoy's coming back. It's well, just, they should be afraid the convoy's coming back. The emergency order's gone, so uh, <laughs> they can actually protest again. Right. But, but that's where it comes in, William. Isn't this just another way that the media is, you know, they're using a story to try and vilify the people protesting for freedom? Yeah, yeah, this is, this is uh, how dare those Nazis. There's, like, so right. many Nazis these days. We've got Nazis in Ukraine, Nazi truckers in Canada. <laughs> like, man. That, I mean, that's the most ironic thing Why, about the entire Ukraine story, right? Can we at least, you know, spread it around and stop having white privilege about, you know, calling people evil? Can't we call pe- some people the Mongols? I mean, why do we have to keep going back to the Nazis? Because that's the nomenclature nowadays. And that's the irony of the whole story is, oh, look, our actual fascist regime is using the fear of Nazis to take power. But in the U.S., if we say that the people who are complaining about Nazis are the actual fascists, you then get called a Nazi. Yeah. When in real time we see somebody using it, right? The, The ridiculousness of... Putin saying anyone in Eastern Europe is a Nazi after what they went through with the actual Nazis is over the top. Yeah. But he's doing it because the greatest way to say that you're not a fascist is to say there are actual fascists you're fighting. Yeah. It's basic manipulation. Well, I have a speaking of basic manipulation. I have a writing question for you. I don't know if you noticed, but when they describe in the last paragraph of this story, the last section, sorry, of the story that the header, uh, this is a, Probably an edit- editor's choice. This it is says a temporary, a temporary symptom, and it, and temporary has single quotes around it, not double quotes. All other quotes in the article have double quotes around it. So, is this a quote, or is this them like doing like air quotes around the word temporary? Like, like it may not be temporary, but like it could be temporary. Like it's just so weird. Like Phantom Hawking oh, could it's... be temporary. That it's it's a quote because down at the bottom it says you know Dr. Peter Liu, a clinical psychologist, says it is temporary and it will always fade with time. Said of the phantom honking, so uh, it, it's it's the it's honking temporary. will fade so or the or the uh, craziness will fade. Well, I mean, now we're getting. Into I think it's all. I, I mean, the honking's not going to fade. This is a city. There's always going to be honking. Right. The phantom honking will fade, and that's where oh, we the get phantom into, honking. Okay. Right. 
percent of the phantom honking. But that's where we get into philosophical discussions about what is real. If they hear phantom honking, is it really phantom? Aren't we just gaslighting them by calling the honking they experience phantom because we're telling them they're not really experiencing it? Because isn't something real if you experience it? See what I just did there? Yeah. Yeah. That's relativism. The phantom honking. Whew. Yeah, I, I think I I like think I'd like that movie better than the than uh, the Phantom Menace, but maybe not. There we go. All right, that's the joke. And that's the that's dad the time joke. To end the I, 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 that's that, you know, I'm cha- channeling Daniel. Yeah, that's fine. I was I was going to go there too. So oh, logical okay. place well, to thank end. God. <laughs> you weren't the only one thinking it. You weren't the only one thinking it. So now that we're talking about movies, let's do it in the hopeful romantic with JML. As always, if you'd like to continue the conversation with us during the week, you can do so by joining our Discord channel. You've already heard us reference it a lot in this episode. You'll also hear me reference it again when we go into Trailer Takedown here in a minute. If you'd like to join the Discord, you can do so by going to midside.com or the midside.com slash podcast, clicking on any episode link. And inside that episode link, inside that post is a join link. Click on that and you can join the Discord. Love to hear from you. We've had some great conversation recently. Okay, this week I want to review the movie Cyrano. Cyrano is based on the classic story, but it's actually based on the musical adaptation of the classic story of course this is the story of the man who is so unattractive but so talented with words that he helps a good-looking man woo the woman of his dreams that he is in love with the movie stars peter dinklage as cyrano and this is an excellent movie this is not what you think. It wasn't marketed as a musical. So I say that up front. I wasn't aware it was a musical. But then as I was watching it, it was a musical. But it wasn't a musical in the sense of like The Greatest Showman or La La Land. It was more of a subtle musical. The music wasn't over the top. You know, a lot of, I think, people have issues with musicals because it's very, you know, jazz handy. And what I mean by that is it's very big, it's very loud. And that's not this at all. This is very much a uh, you know, a smaller scale psychological drama with musical elements to it. You know, it's about the story of this character. And, and, and this character is played, Peter Dinklage plays him almost like Dr. House meets Tyrion from Game of Thrones. And the way they wrote this movie with the elements of action... Right, there are sword fights in this movie. Peter Dinklage was the perfect casting for this movie. So I would highly recommend seeing this movie. Now, as far as what my rating of it is, this is basically as high as you can get on the bromantic rating without being a so bromantic movie. And the reason for this is literally the last word of the movie. Now, is it penis? No, but it does start with P. Okay, that's That's all I'm going to say. But um, many objectivists would have problems with the words, with the word that was picked. Many objectivists would have problems. Now, this is where we get into the discussion of selfishness, right? The idea of what people actually mean by it. And colloquially, I think when people say selfish, they mean narcissism. And there are problems with the way the word is used in that sense. So when you have to hear most people talk, you have to recognize what they're trying to say. And it's the same thing with this movie. This movie does a good job of portraying, you know, the need for self-esteem and the need to pursue your dreams and not care what anyone else thinks, being comfortable in your own skin. So you can probably guess what that that final word is now because you know what letter it starts with. The only reason I don't rate it as so romantic is I think that 
it could have been written better with a different choice of final word or perhaps final statement. It's sort of the same sense of the Martha scene in Batman versus Superman, William, where my problem with that scene is not the content, but the execution of it. And it's not going to stop me from loving that movie, but it makes it so it's not one of Snyder's best. It's the same thing here. Yeah. This is a great movie, right? I cried at the end, right? And I was emotional throughout the movie. It was very enjoyable. I mean, when I talk about sword fights, early on in the movie, there's a scene that's like a rap battle slash sword fight. And I say that very literally when you think of Cyrano as a poet, right? So there's like a return lot to of Monkey great... Island. It's like what? Uh, return to Monkey Island, old, old Sierra game. Yeah. there. I mean, if you liked that game, there are things you would like about this movie. I, I sort of described it as like uh, almost like Eight Mile meets House meets Game of Thrones. There's a lot of things going on in it, but it's interesting. So there's some really good stuff in here. It's just that it's one of those things where I would have liked to have seen them do it just a little bit better so I could kick it to that higher rating. Does that make sense? Makes perfect sense. All right. So I'd like to hear other Midsiders, what they think of it. So Midsiders out there, check out the movie, hit me up in DM or, you know, hit it in the Discord. Also in the Discord, you'll find the trailers we're going to talk about each week. This week I was a little late. Usually I put them in on Saturday morning slash afternoon. I was working a wrestling tournament, so I didn't get to it till Sunday morning, East Coast time. But those are the trailers we're going to talk about. You can, you know, watch them before you listen to the episode, watch them after you listen to the episode, or maybe in, in, in between us talking about them. Watch a trailer, we talk about it. Watch a trailer, we talk about it. Trailer Takedown first trailer chippendales rescue rangers is the live action slash cgi slash animation continuation of the original chippendale rescue rangers so this is sort of inspired by who framed roger rabbit Mm -hmm. where it's the same characters except chippendale are the actors who played Chippendale on Rescue Rangers. And it's about their life in modern-day Los Angeles. And you even see Roger Rabbit in the trailer. That said, that's actually an interesting premise. This is by The Lonely Island. They did a movie that I think is severely underrated. Uh, If you ever saw Pop Star Keep On Keeping On starring Andy Samberg. And they've done some good music. And they had good bits on snl so i think there's a lot of potential here with this premise you know seth rogan's involved we see him later in the trailer as a cgi character i think there's a lot of potential here i'm just disappointed they replaced the voice cast there's this new thing nowadays where we have to i mean this was like all the way back with garfield when we had to have bill murray voice garfield why we couldn't just use the garfield voice from garfield and friends Right, if somebody's really good at voicing the characters, why not let them continue? Same thing with DuckTales, right? The reboot, and fortunately they were able to get past this, so I'm willing to give this movie a chance because of that. But they had the same thing where they had to recast the voice for Scrooge McDuck and all the other characters. It's just why? Why do you need to do that if the the original voices were good? I get it, you're trying to make your own your own spin on it. And that works with DuckTales because it was a reboot, but these are the same characters. So shouldn't they have the same voices? I mean, they look exactly the same. Also, when I read the synopsis, it's very clear. They're not going to have gadget in this movie. They're going to use gadget as the damsel in distress in this movie. So that's kind of disappointing as well. Although we will get to see Monterey Jack and zipper. That's a very long winded hug. Hug. It's funny that you mentioned the voice acting because the first thing that really took me out was the voice acting. And it wasn't as big a deal for me with DuckTales, meaning like while Scrooge, well, all the voices were different, right? While, but while Scrooge was different, it was still done as him, if that makes any sense, right? Like it, it, it was closer to what his voice was in the, in the original Disney, um, cartoon well that's when he, something daniel talked about on the show the idea yeah. that these these actors you know andy samberg here 
but other actors in animated movies, they don't do voices. They just say things as themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas you can, you know, you, you, there's so many talented voice actors out there that can do a Scrooge, right? Or do a, you know, any of the voices from Chippendale, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. Like, the so they have two different animation styles um, for the two main characters, and then um, it, it it's it to me it's interesting to see if they're gonna how they're gonna do like the with the it, it's obviously a throwback to uh, Who Framed uh, Roger uh, Rabbit, but well, and the Disney Afternoon. Did you see there was Scrooge? They actually yeah. had Scrooge swimming in money in the in the trailer. Yeah. So I think for that aspect, it might be interesting. I'm just worried. Uh, it seems original and new. That's great. So, but I, I, I don't know that they can make something like this without bringing in too much politics, especially in modern day uh, yes. LA. So like, it, it, like if anything, I'm just so hesitant. I'm like, oh, this could be interesting. It's an interesting premise, but like this could like turn into a train wreck, dude. But you know what that means? That's the definition of Netflix and Hug. Well, fortunately, it's Disney Plus and Hug. So, well, yeah, we don't have one of those yet. Dan, get on that. Second trailer. The bad guys is a DreamWorks. Is it DreamWorks? I forget. It's it's an animated movie about the big bad wolf and four other characters that tend to be seen as bad, and they're trying to be good. You know, the question is, do we have to be bad, right? Does the big bad wolf have to be bad? And this trailer features the Billie Eilish song, Bad Guy, which I absolutely hate. So the first time I saw this trailer, (laughs) William, I fucking hated this movie. Like, I was just like, oh, my God, this is so stupid, right? This is such a, like, a a stupid premise. It says universal. It says universal, by the way. Oh, universal. Okay. My bad. It, right and wicked you know had you know if you've ever seen wicked right that's what this is about right like it's it's uh the wizard of oz from the wicked witch's perspective right it's like we've done this a billion times but then i've seen like they always show this trailer in, in movie theaters now because it's coming out soon so i've seen it a few times since and i've warmed to this more i like the animation style it's very aesthetically pleasing right like i could see myself going to a theme park and these characters being around or the decorations being these characters. I could see a ride with, with these characters and you know, the, the premise of, do I have to be a bad guy? That's, that's not a bad premise for a kid's movie. So I've actually warmed to this, even though I really hate the music. Hopefully that song is not in the movie itself and the movie itself can stand on its own because I'm willing to give this a try. Hug. Hug. So the it looks like the theme is going to be about, uh, you know, can people change? That sort of like is what's hinted at in the in the trailer. Um, could be an interesting theme. You know, I've watched a couple of animated movies that some people have really liked, and I just was like, meh. But uh, I'm willing to give this one a chance as well. Uh, just like you, I think it's it seems like it's animated well. Voice acting seems okay uh at least from the trailer and uh it looks like it could be fun even if it ends up being ultimately disappointing so i will give it a hug hug third trailer the contractor stars chris pine and Kiefer sutherland in it chris pine's character was dishonorably discharged from the army and then Kiefer Sutherland's character hooks him into some sort of espionage, counterterrorism plot. And then there's double crossing and everything. It did look, this reminded me of 24 in all the best ways possible. There was a little bit, there were points where like it seemed a little bit more naturalistic than 24. But Kiefer Sutherland was basically playing like a Jack Bauer S character. And so was Chris Pine. That was enough for me. Look, it's it's your principal, William, right? Guns, action, right? This is the kind of movie that I'll give a chance yeah. no matter what. So we are we are on a the train is chugging along here. We're going downhill. We're heading towards the uh, the mythical the mythical four uh, four hugs here. Although the next trailer is an A twenty four trailer, so 
We're going to see what happens here. But this is a hug. Hug? Guns, action, a sensical plot, uh, interesting characters, good actors, uh, good action actors. I'm all in for this. I can't wait. It looks like a lot of fun, so I'm going to hug it. Hug. Final trailer. Everything Everywhere All at Once is an A24 movie about the multiverse starring Michelle Yeoh and other Asian actors. Now, here's the problem. It's A24. So I really worry about the content of this movie. But, William, it's sci-fi. And it looks like sci-fi done in a wonderful way. And I remember one of the first parallel universe stories I really loved was Star Trek The Next Generation, where Worf saw all the different versions of himself. That was such a great episode. And this looks like the same thing with Michelle Yeoh's character. Like, it starts out very A24, where it's like, your life sucks. But, do you know it's not the only version of your life? And this is just the worst possible outcome, and here are all the other ones? But then it's, she's the one who has to to solve the, the problems of the multiverse and save it and the 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 directing is actually very bright the cinematographer is very cinematography is very bright right there's a lot of light here so i think there's a lot to be hopeful for here this looks like the best a24 movie ever and i will say this i think ultimately the theme is going to be more about like something i talked about on the show here and something that's been sort of a riff on in the midside for a while. That, yeah, they're telling her she's responsible for the entire multiverse. But what really matters is her learning to fix and appreciate her relationship with her daughter. Which would be conventionally could be done in a very naturalistic way. And I can see why A24 would be attracted to this. Right? The diversity. The, oh, we're going to do a different take on the hot topic of the multiverse. Right? It's sort of like, oh, we're going to do a more intellectually serious version of Marvel's multiverse. And we're going to have the diversity of crazy rich Asians that a lot of studios are trying to get in here. And it's more, you know, about a slice of life than saving the world, but it can be done well. And to me, this movie doesn't look like it's going to be done or it's going to be executed in the typical way. A 24 executes movies. And maybe that's because of the Asian influence in the same sense of, that's why a lot of young kids love anime nowadays. So, surprisingly, it's an A24 movie, but I'm giving it a hug. Hug. It's sci-fi, and it's presenting the multiverse, I think, at least from the trailer, in a visually interesting way. And it's yes. about a character and not the, the science. Um, yes. Because as as you all know, we do have to follow the science here uh, at at uh, the midside. Uh, so those things, um, those things make it look like it's worth a shot. So I'm going to give it a shot, and I too am going to hug it. Mm, hug. And that the the phrasing you use, character driven. That's sort of what A24 purports to do, right? Oh, we have more character-driven. but the Yeah, they just do it naturalistically, go, though. Right, that's what I was going to say. I believe very strongly in a balance between plot and character, right? Some people say all plot, other people say all character, right? If you go all character, it's too naturalistic because things are happening to them. They're not participating in the plot. Whereas here... There's a balance. And the same thing with plot. Then there's, you know, again, things are just happening to the characters. They're not really part of the story. They don't have, there's no real consequences in a story if there are no characters. So this looks like it could hit that balance. And this leads me into what did we learn this trip? You go, William, and then I'll explain how it leads me in. I learned that if, uh, if we're having a, a war for oil, uh, it's, uh, it's still a thing here in the 2020s. Justin, what did you learn this trip? I learned that the phrase a broken clock is right can, is right twice a day can even apply to movie production. Even A24 can make a good <laughs> can make movie. a movie that you will you will hug. Right. So, but you know, if we're going to do the four hug thing, right? If I had to tackle one of the four, I would tackle that one based on A24. So Just that's on the one that I alone. think. Just on their reputation. Yeah. 
it would either be that or the bad guys. But I think like I wouldn't be as mad about the bad guys because I wouldn't feel as hoodwinked. You know what I mean? If I go to see everything everywhere all at once and I hate it, I am never going to let anyone say anything to me about A24 ever again in my life. Yeah. Because it's like I'm giving them a chance here, you know? All right, that that concludes our journey, right? Thanks for listening. You know, always appreciate it. If it wasn't for you, this would just be me talking into a corner in the closet like a crazy person. It still is, but I got you, so it makes me feel a little bit better. If you want to support us, you can do it. Go to the midside.com slash store, midside.com slash Patreon, midside.com slash locals. But the best way to support us is to tell a friend. Now I'm going to go into the outro that I almost started for the shilling section. So this concludes your journey into the midside. I'm Justin Emlesneski reminding you that if things get tough, take a step back and witness the farce. Have a Russia-free day. So do we need to change Russian dressing to freedom dressing now? That would seem to be the way things go. All right. I'll, I'll put that on Twitter. Let's start a poll. The changeme.org petition. <laughs>